In today's Live Treasured podcast, join me and my guest, Dr. Brooke Keel, Senior Director of Counseling and Program Strategy at Mercy Multiplied for a discussion on mental health and our children. Treasured Tribe, welcome to the Live Treasured Podcast. I'm Eileen Thompson, founder of Treasured Ministries, and I want to give a big welcome to my guest, Dr. Brooke Keels. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm well, excited to be here. Thank you for being here. Uh, Dr. Keels is the Senior Director of Counseling and Program Strategy at Mercy Multiplied. She is a licensed counselor with a PhD in marriage and family therapies and over 13 years of experience in counseling, addictions, treatment, program design, and counselor supervision. Uh, and Mercy Multiplied is one of my favorite ministries. My husband and I have supported it for years. And uh, I was reached out to uh, Brooke to see if she would spend some time with us because as I polled our podcast audience uh, for what topics they wanted me to cover in 2021, the number one topic that I got from women was please give us a podcast for how we can help uh, our children or just children in general that have mental health issues. And Mercy Multiplied takes in uh, girls that are struggling with life-controlling issues, uh, anything from depression to cutting to eating disorders, suicidal thoughts, and takes them in free of charge. They have an amazing program uh, one of my favorite things to do when I'm having a bad day <laughs> is to read the Mercy Multiplied testimonies um, because it's just such a uh, inspiration to my faith that with God, all things are possible um, and that, you know, there can be behavior modification, but that will is a limited uh, solution that the inner transformation of Jesus Christ is what can heal us and can set us free. Um, so, so I'd love to begin um, with just how exactly you have seen, um, because we've you know we've come off of COVID, which uh, has certainly taken an impact on mental health, certainly with our younger generation. Mm-hmm. Um, in some ways, I think that's kind of good because we're highlighting it uh, mm-hmm. for a piece that. But how have you seen? Uh, the increase amongst uh, our younger population? You know, I'll be honest with you. I don't know if it has necessarily been an increase or if it's kind of people are actually paying attention, like parents Mm -hmm. are actually realizing, you know, oh, I'm not okay. (laughs) And then we all spend a lot of time together, you know, and then the realization none of us are okay. (laughs) Like yeah. That's, yeah. You know, and that's an issue. And oh, and also being able to kind of take the time to do something about it. I yeah. think, you know, as we're blowing and going and everybody's working and doing all their things and they're in school. And then all of a sudden we kind of had this required pause, mm-hmm. you know, people all of a sudden recognized there was an issue and then were more willing to actually do something about it. And I yeah. think it, it actually very quickly this year became very accepted to do therapy you know, and have access to it at a higher level than we've ever had access to it. Right. So, you know, that's, that's kind of what I, so I don't know if I've actually would say it's increased. I've been looking at the data too, mm-hmm. um, as far as, cause I know there were a lot of claims of like increase, you know, suicidality and all of that. Mm-hmm. And so far we actually haven't seen that. Mm-hmm. Um, we've actually seen more of people reaching out for help more um, mm-hmm. at a greater level, which I think is, is like you said, I mean, that's kind of neat. Um, in the midst of all of the horrible things that have been this year, yeah. uh, that people would, would be more willing to reach out. So we've seen that happen, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. It does. Yeah. Um, which is a, which is a positive thing that we're starting to, to pay attention to it. Um, can you address, and two, I think in particular for the church, because mm-hmm. I think that there is a stigma that's attached to, um, to mental health. Can you 
address that? Why is there this stigma with mental health inside of the church? Yeah. You know, I mean, we would have to obviously do a historical deep dive if we really (laughs) wanted to get into it. Um, And, you know, and I'm very grateful that people have started talking about it more. You're hearing, you know, Rebecca Lyons and Michael Todd Mm -hmm. and some of the, you know, talking about, um, you know, go to a licensed counselor. It doesn't have to just be somebody prayed with you at church, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, this is this is my personal take. So this is not Mercy's take. <laughs> so mm-hmm. let me be, you know, clear on that. But I think anytime there's something we don't know what to do with, the church is not always handled that well. And and I kind of liken it to the idea of, of divorce, mm-hmm. right? So if you remember when, you know, um, at least when I was growing up, like nobody was divorced, And then all of a sudden it was like everyone was getting divorced. Mm -hmm. And I remember the message of the church was like, don't get divorced. Divorce is bad. Don't Mm -hmm. do it. Don't Mm -hmm. do it. Don't do it. It's Mm -hmm. bad. And then they realized half of the church was also divorced and maybe we should figure out something to do with that, you know? And so then they're like, well, I guess it's fine. Maybe, you know? Mm -hmm. And, but so it was never like, well, Hey, if our church, if 50% of the church is getting divorced, maybe we need to pour into marriages. Maybe we need to pour into like premarital counseling and kind of, you know, prevent or circumvent kind of focus on the prevention of it. You know, the church, big C church tends to be like after the fact, we didn't know what to do with it. We just tell you to stop doing it because it's bad. Mm -hmm. And then everybody does it. And we're like, I guess this is what we're going to do now. And so (laughs) I feel like it's kind of been that same way with mental health, you know, like, well, if you're struggling, then you just don't trust Jesus enough. And someone's Mm -hmm. like, well, how do I do that? And they're like, well, I don't know. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, uh, read your Bible. And, you know, we kind of give these you know, the church notoriously, in my opinion, has not been fantastic with discipling, right? There are mm-hmm. some churches that are incredible at it, but I don't know that as a whole, we've done a really great job of actually teaching people the tools that will help their mental health. We love to say renew the mind, but I was not taught how to actually do that until I worked at Mercy. So yeah. five years ago, yeah, you know what I mean? And so, or six years ago, I mean, so I think that there's kind of those pieces that, that we know work because the Lord gave them to us. And and I want to be clear, like, you know, as Nancy Alcorn, our founder and president says, you know, he did not, the Lord did not equip the government to set the captives free. He equipped his church. So we have the tools. Mm -hmm. I just don't know that we've always used them or thought about it in a way. And if something made us uncomfortable, we kind of just backed off, you know, and and I think there's a tendency to do that. Right. Um, And it's scary. It's scary when you don't know what to do. And it's scary if it gets severe into like self-harm or suicidality or eating disorders, like when it's affecting someone kind of getting into that life or death place. Mm -hmm. And so there can be a tendency just to be like, well, there's just something really wrong with them instead of how can we, how can we support? Yeah. How can we help help? support them? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And I think, you know, when you, uh, when you're, you're talking about Jesus, Jesus was a rabbi um, and rabbis taught for a lifetime and Mm -hmm. walked with people for a lifetime and walked them out. It wasn't just learn this lesson, like stop being afraid or stop, stop cutting. You know, you, you have to walk them through that. But then like you're saying, the church doesn't know what to do. And so then just read your Bible and pray. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so right. That's like, okay, can you give me and, a little and, more? And, you know, yeah, I love, that's actually, oh my goodness. I love that you said that because I was talking to, to somebody about this this week about, you know, when someone is suicidal, like they're like, or, you know, struggles with mm-hmm. that. What do we do? It's like, do we actually know how to be with people long-term? And you pointing mm-hmm. that out that Jesus, right. They were rabbis for a lifetime. Mm-hmm. So they walked people through, all these seasons of life and we're kind of the steady presence for them, you know, and, and, um, and we're there and they would teach and then ask you to go and learn and execute on your own and Mm -hmm. live it out, you know? And, Mm -hmm. and so, um, this idea of actually being with people, um, is a concept that I'm really believing the church is starting to figure out. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Important and, and, uh, and definitely powerful. Um, Mm -hmm. and I know that you all and mercy multiply do that. One of the things too, um, that I love about mercy is how they combine that highest level of clinical work 
mm-hmm. with the deepest spiritual discipleship. Yeah. Um, why do you, we not need to be afraid of clinical work or the clinical side of it or the scientific side of it or the psychology side of it as right. a, as a believer am you yeah. know, should I be afraid? Right. No, definitely not. I think that, I mean, we, this is what I say. I'm like, if we have the creator of the universe as our inspiration and the only way to freedom, we know true freedom is through Christ. Mm-hmm. Then we should feel, we should be the leaders in mental health. Mm-hmm. We should be, the leaders in scientific discovery, if you will. Um, And, you know, I describe counseling as an art and a science, right? So the science piece of understanding how the brain works and the body works. And, you know, um, I had a, somebody called me last night, Hey, I've got this guy all of a sudden really depressed. gives me this whole thing. And I was like, that's not depression. That's, that's adrenal issues. Does he have diabetes? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah. Okay. Well, that's what it is. Right. And so, Mm -hmm. I was able to give them something. He's going to the doctor today. Mm-hmm. You know, they're going to line something out that would have been misdiagnosed as a mental health issue. Right. Right. And so it's important that I know that because we are, you know, I think we forget this so, so easily, but we are, you know, I, people say it different ways. I say mind, body, spirit. I know some other people go, you know, um, uh, body, soul, spirit, however you want to do that. But we like mm-hmm. to forget the body part. <laughs> And we are, you know, the God created, when we look at what renewing the mind does, how it literally will heal and change our brain, right? When we do that, like he, the spiritual and um, emotional, all, they all intertwine, they all affect each other and they all have to be healthy. And so it's really hard for me to help someone if I don't understand what trauma does to the brain so that when they're not, when they are resisting submitting to God, why would someone who's been abused all their lives, their brain is like submission is a bad idea. (laughs) We don't want to do that. Right. (laughs) Right. Right. And so helping, we have to meet them in that place and teach them the tools so their brain can heal and understand the concept of what a good father is when you've been abused by a father, what submission is when it is a place, you know, a beautiful word and not one that the the world has, you know, taken and messed up. You know, what is obedience? It's not being beaten into submission, right? Mm -hmm. It's submitting and doing that because God, the God who loves you, compels you, right, to health and to to obedience. And so, um, you know, if we don't understand how that works in the body and how, you know, development and attachment and all of that stuff, then we really can't meet people fully where they need to be met. Um, And I think that's something that as we, more and more accept that. And, you know, and and here's the thing, this is how I, if I have God inspiring me, I don't have to be afraid of anything Yeah. because nothing is new under the sun. And I really mean that I could go through so many counseling principles. I remember being in class and they would be like, and this, we take this thought and we change this thought and we replace it with a new thought. Right. And this Mm -hmm. is CBT or whatever. And I was Mm -hmm. like, that's renewing the mind. Right, right. <laughs> That's yeah. in that, the Bible. That was, <laughs> you know? that was a timeless yeah, that, thing. Yeah, yeah you yeah. know, and so they all these things and they talk about just how important, like, you know, this acceptance, like it's almost like the secular world has accepted the spiritual and the physical before the church has, you know, mm-hmm. and so I'm like, guys, we got to, we got to catch up and mm-hmm. because we're the ones that know what that means, you know? Yes. And so they're kind of talking about this nebulous spiritual thing and, and giving all the fake stuff to fill that up. And we're like, wait, no, we know what actually fills up the empty house. Right. And so, um, so anyway, yeah, sorry. I can go on about that forever. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no, no. (laughs) I I love that. And I think, you know, and one of the things is, um, and I know you're passionate about this too, is that you, you cannot give out what you're not carrying. That's right. And biblically speaking, when you look in the Bible, God, in in his instruction, his loving instruction to his people, he told them what to eat. Mm-hmm. He told them, you know, he, he gave them times of rest. Mm-hmm. He told them to remember and to renew the mind. And so in the Bible, we see that God knows mm-hmm. the one who created us, that we are complex beings, That's which right. is why he addresses all those areas. And mm-hmm. so it's not unbiblical. You need it all. 
Absolutely. You need it all. I I mean, I wish it were true that I could just pray the chocolate away. <laughs> oh, good But gracious. I know if I sit down and eat a big chocolate cake every day, there's going to be, you know. Yeah. And so then, yes, I know I need to take care of body, but my body, but, you know, how, how do I do that and meet me where I am? And, and then there's also that emotional component mm-hmm. to it, why I'm eating a whole chocolate <laughs> I'm just I saying. just had a conversation. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, so all of us, none of us are, you know, somebody said something about their relationship with food. I said, why do I have to have a relationship with food? Can I not just be like, there's food. I'm hungry. I should eat it. You know, yeah. anyway, but yes, we got into that whole thing, but how that's exactly right. That is something we need to survive but there are emotional ties to it. There are belief systems around it. There are, you know, all of this stuff. And to get to, to get that to like a healthy, godly place requires the intervention, right? Physically, yeah. spiritually, emotionally, if you will. Um, and so I feel like that's such a great example. Of yeah. It, yeah. You know. What, so, so with, with parents that have children that are struggling um, mentally, What are some things that you would advise um, for them to do to help their children? Yeah. I'll tell you that the number one thing I have seen is that parents do not have a good relationship with their child and not, not in the sense of not that they haven't been there and haven't provided, but that they don't actually have a place to speak into their kid's life right? However that happened. And so then all of a sudden things aren't good and you want to kind of now interject and, and the kid is not listening, right? They're not receiving it. Mm-hmm. Part of it may be because they're just teenagers and they don't care about anything we have to say. And that's, you yeah. know, a piece of it. And so what would I, and, and I want to say this, there's no criticism in that, but I think the first thing to do when you notice something is going on is assess the relationship and the rapport that you have with your child Mm-hmm. And, and, and how do you adjust it so that you have a place to speak into their life? Yeah. Like what, how does that relationship need to shift so that they will actually receive mm-hmm. from you? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and sometimes it may feel like they will not hear anything I have to say, you know, and, and, and that's it. That's what it is. Like I've tried to adjust, I've tried to meet them where they're at. Mm-hmm. I've opened up the door and said, look, if you talk to me, I promise. And this works, by the way. If you talk to me, if you will share with me what's going on, I promise I will not have a comment on it. I just need to hear from you. Mm-hmm. You know, and so, and if they give you that chance, then you have to sit on your hands and tape your mouth yeah. and, and, and let listen. them say it. And yeah, and listen and be yeah. kind of unshockable. Now, you can go close the door later and get all of your feelings out. <laughs> Please go process them. But being able to open that door that your child can communicate with you, and it doesn't mean you don't intervene, but just starting with, I need, I want to hear from you and whatever you do or say, I'm not going to respond. I'm just going to listen, you know, that, that works. And then sometimes if you've tried that and it hasn't worked, really, really encourage you to seek a counselor in that someone and, and, and ideally somebody that's, that's trained in family work and family Mm -hmm. communication, Mm -hmm. not even necessarily has to be, you know, my kid's depressed. So I need you to help them with their depression. The number one thing is that the two of you have to be able to communicate and, Mm -hmm. you know, or as a family or whatever that looks like. And so being able to heal that process will let, everything else kind of fall into place, if you will, because you as a family now have an in, you have a rapport, you have a relationship and you figured out how to listen and how to be heard and how to communicate. And they're learning that too. Right. Um, But the number one thing I have seen is when parents choose to really step into, Oh, I have to really be a parent now. I've let you kind of figure things out on your own. Mm and it's not going well, mm-hmm. and they kind of come back in and take the reins a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, and and most of the kids respond, even if they're kind of young adults, respond really well to that. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times it's out of a place of not not knowing what to do and needing to be parented, even though they're a little bit older. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and again, the mental health pieces, if you've got things you're like, okay, I've already done that, we communicate well, but there's some serious mental health Mm-hmm. stuff going on. My encouragement, number one, is that you're making sure they're seeing 
really, you know, someone who knows what they're doing mm-hmm. <laughs> that, mm-hmm. you know, is licensed, that um, is trained and is, you know, knows how to help the family. That's also including you in that process. Mm-hmm. There's a tendency to just work with the kid and not the family, um, but make sure that that is happening. Um, making sure too, that if you feel like, you know what, this doctor, I don't know what's going on. Make sure you feel confident in asking the questions you need to ask mm-hmm. um, and stepping in kind of in those places that you're always there advocating, but not controlling. And that's a, that's a balance. Yeah. <laughs> For us, for me specifically. Right. (laughs) For every mother. For every mother. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and it is, and it's, but also in that, that you have your own support people that are helping you be healthy as you lead. Right. So Mm -hmm. like you mentioned, you, you, to pour out health, you have to actually be healthy. Yes. Um, And that will go a long way. It's not an immediate fix, Mm -hmm. but it will, it will be the thing that helps lasting change. I love it. I love it. And it's such an important reminder too, because, um, you know, one thing, um, and I, I had to learn this with my boys, they're 19 and 21 now. And I'm just so thankful for the Holy spirit that smacked me upside the head, but that, you know, uh, I think that if our kids are not okay, there can be this rush. I need to fix them and then I will be okay. Right. And that was really a place of selfishness for me. Um, And so I'm glad that God taught me that. And I love how you said you need your support group, right? Because with our kids, we're there to love them, to show them God's love, which is that pouring out. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I think think that that's critical. And as a parent, you have to watch that you're not getting any... um, identity out of your children, not being anxious. Amen. You really have to watch that um, and see it as what a privilege to walk uh, with your child when, when they're going through this. Um, And I'm, I'm going to ask a question. Um, So does it mean if my child is struggling mentally that I've been a bad parent? No, not, I mean, not necessarily. Yeah. <laughs> Let's say yeah. that. Okay. You know, I mean, cause I think, you know, I, I say this and some people, it, I'll, hopefully your listeners will hear me out on this. Mm-hmm. And what I tell parents is, is <laughs> I'm like, look, especially with the younger ones, like, I'm like, the, the bad news is it's your fault. The good news is you can fix it. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the joke is that we say, and they're always like looking at me like I'm crazy. And I go, mm-hmm. no, hear me out. The thing is that you have authority in this child's life. You can make decisions that will help them be healthy. Right. So mm-hmm. being able to step back in that place, I think we can feel so helpless yeah. in it, you know? Yeah. And so, but like, but like you just pointed out, so no, of course it's not your fault, but if it is like you just said, like, oh, I'm trying to control this. So I'm not uncomfortable. Right. And just right. seeing it, own it and go, OK, well, then now we have to do something else, you know, and, and really shutting that place where shame wants to come in, because yeah. all it wants to do is keep you unhealthy so that you're not leading your kids well. And yeah. so, you know, being OK with the fact that if we didn't want to screw our kids up, we wouldn't have had kids. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. this is it's a thing that happens and it's OK. And that's why yeah. people like me exist. I've got my own child has a a savings account for all the therapy he is probably going to need, you know, but, but we live in a world now. And I think we have to remember that too, that is layered with trauma and people have Mm -hmm. access to everything they hear is trauma. Everything is fear-based, manipulative, Mm -hmm. you know, um, don't trust X, Y, and Z, you know, and so there's a lot of secondary trauma happening. If they're on social media for five minutes, it's just going to be a piece of it. And so how do we, how do we then, when we recognize that if we've got, um, there's a young woman who just kind of every time she saw someone she followed was going through something on social media was just devastated. Mm -hmm. Right. And so we were like, okay, so we can inject resilience into our kids we can teach them how to process and differentiate, you know, that, that this, what is your community and are you actually equipped to have a community of 5 million people? Right. Or are you equipped to have a community of like five, you know, or 10 or 15. And so 
Um, but I think it, it, the world has changed so fast that we sometimes don't know what to do with it. But, but I, you know, so I, I, I hesitate to say no, because maybe, it, but if so, that's okay. Right. <laughs> like it's okay. We cannot be perfect and striving for perfection is not what is going to teach our kids how to, to be resilient and continue in the face of a failure, you know? Um, and I think it's a beautiful thing if, if we actually can be okay with that. So yeah. Yeah, definitely. Hopefully I didn't make anybody mad with with that response. No, no, I don't I don't think so at all. And I think I think the overarching thing too is that um you know, the Lord is the only perfect one and so right. ultimately, you know, we we want to lead our kids to where uh to where they have that that relationship um with the Lord and that they are you know walking and and following him because he's he's the perfect father. That's right. Um so how how do you know when it's time to reach out for help to a professional? Like if you're listening mm-hmm. to your child and mm-hmm. you know they maybe have expressed there there were a lot of women that said either my child or somebody else's child or whatever they've expressed having suicidal thoughts. Mm-hmm. When do you know? I mean, is it right when they say that then the first time you hear it or mm-hmm. um, what's the, what's the barometer for that? Yeah, this has actually become I'm actually doing a talk on this uh, soon. <laughs> so um, for, for a Q conference, but yeah, it, it has become kind of the new common mental health thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think one of the first things When is, you mean the new common mental health thing, do you mm-hmm. mean like, like eating disorder rose mm-hmm. and then cutting yeah, a rose? So, and so now a lot of children are either committing mm-hmm. suicide or saying, I've got suicidal just, thoughts. Yeah. Just kind of walking around, you know, depressed. I don't know that they really want to die though. I think that's where we've kind of, this is uh-huh. the line. And so I think a practical thing I would say is if you, if your child says that, or maybe their friend or whatever, I think the first question is, you know, and it sounds very blunt, but I think it, it is what it is. Do you want to kill yourself or do you just not want to be dealing with this thing anymore? Uh-huh. Because those are very different things. So uh-huh. it, what, what suicide has now become is this ultimate control. Mm-hmm. If something doesn't work out, I just don't have to deal with it anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, in the past, the church kind of manipulated with right or wrong. Well, mm-hmm. wrong, <laughs> but with, you know, <laughs> yeah, we we'll say wrong. manipulated with, you know, well, don't do that because you'll go to hell. Mm-hmm. Right. And so there was a lot of people like, well, I don't want to do that. So then they wouldn't they wouldn't commit suicide. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, as either people didn't care anymore, people aren't churched or fear doesn't really manipulate, you know, but for someone to truly be in a place where they want to end their life, that is completely devoid of hope. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so again, I, I just pick on the church and because that's me, I'm a part of this, right. Mm-hmm. Is we didn't intervene with why would someone get to that place? We treated it as if it was just this outlier thing. Well, mm-hmm. now it's become an option. And, and I really, I think for our consideration, all of us have had the thought of like, I just don't know that I want to do this anymore. I yeah. don't know that I want to be here anymore. Yeah. And there, there are people who go, that's not an option for me. And then there are people who go a little bit further down the road, mm-hmm. right? Well, what if I did, what mm-hmm. would that look like? Mm-hmm. You know, kind of thing. And that is when the enemy really comes in. But I mm-hmm. believe truly that this is one of, I mean, I, I don't know anyone that could say that they haven't had that moment, mm-hmm. <laughs> that that things are really bad. And you're like, I don't, I don't know that I want to do this. Yeah. Right. But there is a difference between that thought and actually having this plan to end my life. Right. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. being able to, again, if you have the relationship to talk it through and what I hear from kids a lot is that their parents completely freak out. Of course they do. And I tell right. them, sure. Yeah. You just told your mama that you wanted to die. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. so yes, yeah. she sure did freak out, yeah. Yeah. you know? And so they usually kind of laugh at that or whatever. But I was like, if you want your mom to be stay, you know, <laughs> be supportive, don't threaten <laughs> your own life. You yeah. Know? Right. And so like, of course she did as she should, but how can we handle that? But you'll hear that. And so it kind of shuts them down. 
Mm-hmm. It isolates more, right? And so, but if you see the signs of, of a lot of isolation, um, it self-harm is not always a part of it. So just know that, mm-hmm. um, you know, like lack of interest in things they used to be interested in. And I'll tell you too, there's a strong correlation between screen time and depression. We know this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so obviously that has increased this last year. So kind of, but as we're losing interest in things we love or like lack of relationships, and then if that, that conversation is also happening, that's really my first question anytime somebody says that. So let me ask you this, are you wanting to die or do you just not want to be here anymore and not deal with this thing? And most of the time they'll say, I don't want to deal with this thing. Mm-hmm. Well, what is that? What is the thing, right? Let's right. define it. Mm-hmm. How can we get through it together? And it becomes less about whether someone is actively suicidal, if you will, right? Mm-hmm. Now, if they go, no, I want to die, mm-hmm. you know, okay, have you thought about how to do that? Right. Yeah, I have. Okay, how would you do it? Well, such and such has this, or like there's access, okay? So when we get into that, there's a plan. I know how I would, and I have access. Mm-hmm. That is when we want to really go, okay, so now we're going to have to go to the hospital, Right. right? We're going to have to bring somebody else in because my job is to keep you safe. And if they're mad at you, I'll just go ahead and tell you because it's happened. It may or may not happen. But usually if someone genuinely is, mm-hmm. they're, they're a little, they're grateful that there's an intervention. Um, okay. Nobody wants to feel hopeless. Right. But sometimes maybe they're, they're unstable. Of course, if they're very aggressive, that's a whole other thing. Call the police. If somebody's aggressive and saying they want to kill themselves, mm-hmm. you have to intervene. Um, but if it's kind of more calm situation, if they get mad, you know, I, this is what I say. I go, that's great. You can be mad at me tomorrow when you're still alive <laughs> and we'll right. figure it out then. Right. Because, right. because it should be a moment in time and there needs to be some stability and then further conversation mm-hmm. about what happens next. So I know there's a very lengthy explanation, but I wanted to just do it justice for when yeah. you're kind of assessing where yeah. somebody is at. And then if, if a child never says anything, like if they, um, because one, one uh, woman that reached out to us, um, it was in her friend group. And mm-hmm. the mother said, the child never said anything to us. Mm. And it just happened. Um, but you had mentioned like the isolation, the lack of interest. Um, how do you bridge though that conversation? And again, like... I don't, I'm just sitting here having a conversation with myself, <laughs> but I'm just kind of processing this. And it really yeah. kind of goes back to the most important thing with our kids is to keep that relationship. That's right. If you don't mm-hmm. have that, then they're not mm-hmm. going to say anything to you anyway. Right. And then Correct. why would they trust you even if you did bridge the question? Um, and so really the most mm-hmm. important thing, and, and I think, this too. I think that, you know, with our kids, it's, it can't be about when we're raising them and there's all these parenting of books. It can't be about raising perfect kids. It has to be about oh, giving yeah. them perfect love. That's right. Um, and so That's right. having that space for that and really, um, I think honoring their interests, not mm-hmm. what you want them to do, but you know, if they get interested in whatever, then, you know, that's right. Getting in, into their interests, whatever that may be, um, right. is, is having that key relationship. And I think, um, Absolutely. sometimes women though have been caught by surprise. Um, mm-hmm. but just that isolation, you know, if, if a child's not saying anything, a parent should be concerned if they see a lot of isolation going on uh, and a lack of, of interest in other things that, uh, that they've been doing. Um, is there anything else that you would just say, yeah. you know, warning signs? Yeah, no, I think you honestly answered your own question. Like I'm perfectly. Just sitting here a conversation with no, I love it. No, but that's it. <laughs> but that's exactly right. There's, there's, you know, and, and this is no criticism to the, so the parent, but that's exactly right. If there is an ongoing dialogue, another thing is, and this is something that, you know, people will kind of have to figure out for themselves and what age is appropriate. But if you do not have full all out access to their electronic devices, you are doing yourself a disservice in knowing your child. Um, you know, the 
the amount of, of things that parents who kind of were like, you know what, you don't have a right to privacy if I don't know that you're safe. If you're not talking to me and we don't have a good communication, you know, we're not like in, in relationship well with, with one another, mm-hmm. then I'm going to be on your phone, you know, and, and checking the texts and doing the things and kind of whatever yeah. you have to do. And I think we have to remember that. Um, and, and that is a place where you, where you will start to see things. So, mm-hmm. um, as well of just like conversations and sometimes it's, well, Hey, to us, you seem really great, but then you're telling your friends that you're really depressed or whatever it is. And, mm-hmm. and often what we see is, is the kids are trying, trying to connect because trauma has become such this connection point, you know, that, that I've been a victim in some way. And so try, you know, and so these parents now have an opportunity to go, Hey, that's not how we do. Like, it's not, you shouldn't be ashamed that you've had a healthy, good life. You should be proud and grateful, you know? And so we don't have to create a mental health issue in order to connect, you know? Um, And the other thing is realizing how are they communicating with people? What are they interested in? What are they filling their minds with? So it may be, you know, mom, I'm really depressed. Well, let me look at, look at all the videos you've been watching. These are not life-giving things. Like if there's all these coaching opportunities and if we're not involved in the thing that is probably pouring in most to them. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, so, so I would say a hundred percent isolation. If, you know, go, if you have a concern, get involved, cross all the boundaries you feel like you need to, Mm -hmm. to be like, well, no, if you're not good, we're in your life, (laughs) you know, we're going to be very involved. Yeah. Um, and, and then, I love what you said too. It's, it's my job to keep you safe. Mm-hmm. It's my and job just, to keep you safe. It's my job and to you keep you safe. don't have to feel good yeah. about it. Yeah. They don't have to feel good about it. And, and I'm going to answer your question, but also going back to that, when you said, you know, is it our fault if our kids are struggling? Our kids should struggle. They have to, mm-hmm. that's how they figure things out. That's how they build resilience, resilience, you mm-hmm. know, even through what you said, like the Lord speaking to you in that moment or, am I trying to control my kid or am I letting them be who God made them? And mm-hmm. and that's a place for me for freedom, you know, for the Lord to meet through our struggle is where we build resilience and where we learn how to be healthy yeah. and trust the Lord. Yeah. And so it, I mean, I hate that feeling of my kid having a hard time. In fact, we had this conversation today because he did something that was not great. And it ended up with the garage door being broken. And we're going to have a really fun weekend figuring that out. But I told him, I said, I'm not here to make you not to to feel better. I'm not here to shame you. Mm -hmm. Right. We're not going to make it a catastrophe, Mm -hmm. but you should feel badly. Mm-hmm. that this happened. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm not here to, to, to take that away from you. You can sit in that for a while. That's right. okay. But it needs to compel you to make a different choice next time. What are we learning from being uncomfortable right now? Yeah. And my tendency is to tell him whatever I need to tell him to just make him feel better. But then, but uh, you know, yeah. And so all that to say that going back to kind of, I'm sorry, but the, the suicidal piece, there is almost always communication that, mm-hmm. that they're, they don't want to be here anymore. I don't want to live anymore. Mm-hmm. Paying, you know, getting interested in, in kind of more violentness, you know, or, mm-hmm. or kind of end of life things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is a pretty typical one starts giving things away. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe you're just kind of all of a sudden like, but you love that stuffed mm-hmm. animal, you know? And so, and all of these things kind of together, mm-hmm. um, um, just, just really, you know, combined to something not really great. And and so hopefully as you see, if you see different ones that you're, you're intervening along the way and not waiting for it to get, you know, really bad. Yeah. Um, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but typically if, if you at that way have any suspicion and you start kind of private investigating on any of their devices, um, pretty quickly you'll find they're communicating something somewhere. Right. Um, right. That they're not okay because right. that's what we do. We seek community. We seek affirmation. We, we seek confirmation. We seek to be seen and to be known. Mm-hmm. And even in one to, to end our life, we're going to do that all the way yeah. to the end, you know? Yeah. yeah. So. I'm reminding you. Sorry. I'll edit this out. That's my Alexa. no they're just random look mine anyway i'm surprised all mine didn't hop on just because you said that so yeah okay all right um okay so let me let me ask you a um a follow-up question on that you mentioned screen time um Mm -hmm. it's here like you know the, Mm -hmm. the internet is here 
And um, it is very apparent that that has had, right, an effect on our mental health. Yes. I mean, even even people that have created, you know, that were a part of creating Facebook have said that, mm-hmm. that that's what mm-hmm. they're trying to do, um, which is difficult. Uh, but mm-hmm. it really does have a very strong impact um, mm-hmm. on that. Is that correct? Like you, like, has yeah, no, a- they, we actually now have correlation of it shrinking children's brains. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. My husband's actually writing his thesis on it right now. So I get to talk about this all the time. Okay. Um, so yeah, I can give you, I can actually give you that article um, if you'd like it yeah. uh, to cite, but yeah, I mean, it is, it is deeply affecting. I mean, our bodies, our brains are meant to be engaged and move, right? If you look at just, just the Old Testament, right? We are moving, we are conquering, we are, you know, and, and not in wars. That's not really what I mean, but, mm-hmm. you know, whatever the thing that God put before us, right? We partner with him and we, and we conquer the thing, mm-hmm. you know, um, and, and we're not doing that on our screens. We're not moving, we're not engaging, and it has become this replacement for relationship mm-hmm. um, that is simple because I, theoretically I can sit behind my, but I'm getting more and more depressed. And then I'm looking for it to fill more and more of my time because I'm getting more and more depressed. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I alluded to this earlier, mentioned this earlier. It is also, you know, this idea, and I'm not anti screen. Now I'm not on social media because I cannot handle it in the work that I do. I can't carry all of that, you know, right. Right. And that was the piece that I'm passionate about is your community is not to be meant to be 5 million people. Yeah. It's not, you, you know, you only have the capacity for the people that the Lord has placed in your life to be in relationship with. Mm-hmm. And so when you take it outside of that, how are you giving out of the overflow, <laughs> you know, and especially when you're young and you don't even have an overflow yet, you don't even know what that means. And so you're being, you're just filling it up with 5 million thoughts and opinions and, mm-hmm. you know, sides and observations. And we won't even get into the Russian bots and like <laughs> all of those things and, mm-hmm. you know, all the stuff that's meant to incite and fear. And, you know, mm-hmm. so now we've just got this really fascinating time and culture that it has, it is controlling us and we are not controlling it. And I think that's really the place of our authority is not to, does not mean let's get rid of it and go live on a farm somewhere with no internet. Right. Sounds kind of nice. It does. does, (laughs) Yes. Let's run away. I dream of, I dream of a compound. Yeah. But I like, (laughs) I like Amazon way too much. Um, So, you know, um, but, but yeah, you know, actually taking that step back and going, where has it, you know, my husband and I say this all the time, like sometimes you can use Netflix to fill the low places mm-hmm. instead of filling it with the Lord, mm-hmm. you know, like, and so if, if, and we train our brains, if the first thing you do is wake up and look at your phone, we have taught it, that's what we're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And we feel weird when we don't. Yeah. Right. And so yeah. it, it, but so for us to act like it doesn't affect us, and it, for it to trick us, if you will, or for us to come into agreement that we can't control it is really the issue. So kind of just being able to take a step back and assess and go, where is it life-giving and where is it life-stealing? Mm-hmm. And let's get rid of that part. Right. You know what right. I mean? Like, let's right. get rid of that part. If you buying paper towels on Amazon because you got them $2 cheaper is life-giving, and maybe that's just me. High five. And yeah. <laughs> that's right. Doing all your subscribe and save. Or yeah. I'm like... It turned warm outside. I need a new shirt. And so whatever that thing is, like if you enjoy that, great. But if you find yourself Mm -hmm. four hours later on TikTok at four in the morning, Mm -hmm. you know, you got to delete that app, right? Like it's just, it's got to go. This is the fifth night I've done this. (laughs) It's not okay. I'm not speaking from experience in any way. Um, And so, (laughs) you know, that was complete sarcasm. I've had to delete that app times. Okay. So, um, just so you know, yeah. Yeah. And so I think it's, you know, but it's, it's being able to, it doesn't have to be fearful, but taking back and go, where is it life giving? Where is it life stealing? And then for our kids, are we ensuring they're engaging in in other ways and other things as we're busier, it's become a beautiful babysitter for a while. Yeah. And then we turn around and we don't know what we have anymore. You know? Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and I love how you're how you're um, framing 
this with your children to sort of coach them through it, mm-hmm. you know, because they don't know how to handle social media. Right. And so then teaching them as they're using it, how to use it. And I think even giving them permission, you mm-hmm. know, like you just said, well, this isn't life giving, then let's, let's just cut it off. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to be a part of every group in social media or, or whatever. Sure. So that navigation um, and just doing it in a way where it's weaved into your life and in your conversation, not just, um, let's sit down and do a family meeting, um, on social media. Although my husband did do that. (laughs) We did it. We did it. Sometimes you have to. And he made, he made the boys, he read them an article and then, and then he made the boys go on a two week fast for social media. I'm telling you, I'm telling you what, we were the the most, detox is worth it. Yeah. Oh yeah. We, we were the most popular parents that week, but then, (laughs) but then they get to taste it and they say, you can have it back after that. But then I guess, you know, then they get to taste, taste that without it, but just, you know, walking, walking through that, um, with them. Um, so with, with a woman, what is one of the most thing, important things she can do for herself for her mental health. And is that important? I mean, we're talking about our kids. Mm-hmm. Um, why is that important? And what yeah. can she do? You know, I actually, the beginning of this week, <clears throat> had a conversation with um, a mom. She's one of the best moms I've ever seen in my whole life. <laughs> of my whole, I mean, whole life, mm-hmm. clinical, just life. Does an incredible job. Um, and what she realized and what we were talking about is that she has built this beautiful thing for her family. Right. Mm-hmm. But she has now lost herself in it. Mm. Okay. And so, so what we were talking about, I said, do you even know what you want or like anymore? And she was like, no, mm-hmm. I don't because now I have five people's opinions that I have to consider you know, and so kind of like, who are you then at your, if you're your natural self, right before the kids, before the thing. And she was just like, I was just so adventurous and I could just go and do and, you know, all that. I'm like, okay, so we got to go there. But right now she's like, I don't even know where to start. I was like, great, just get alone then. <laughs> just get yeah. alone. How can you get alone? And even, yeah. and even think that through, mm-hmm. you know? And so I just want to be clear. She does an incredible job, but we are always going to be the ones that lose ourselves in building our families. Mm-hmm. We are. We also carry it. If they're not doing well, we immediately assume it's us, mm-hmm. right? Um, or, you know what I mean? That's just what we do because we have been given a, a beautiful thing that is a capacity that men just don't have. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my husband all the time, he's like, I'm sure men are better at something, but like you guys... <laughs> can do anything. And it's crazy, you know, and I'm so thankful that he sees that uh, and appreciates it. But, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. when you carry so much, you're constantly caring for other people. It's not, we typically were the last ones to be considered, thought about, you know, and what's funny is we t- typically teach people actually that's how it should be. And so I think the number one thing is if you have not been alone with your thoughts and feelings, and if I am talking right now and the idea of that either terrifies you or makes you want to cry because everything's just under the surface, go and get alone and just get that out, whatever it has to be. And then the thing is what actually gives you life, you know, not just what's fun, but what actually gives you life. And it also does not have to be, you know, just my time with the Lord every morning, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. no, yes, sure. Please do that too. But what are the things that you go, you know what? I now know to, you know what? It's been a hard week. I'm going to go do fill in the blank. And when I'm done with that thing, I feel a little bit more filled up, mm-hmm. right? I feel, I feel given to, I feel seen or known or whatever mm-hmm. the thing is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's the first step is, do you even know what that is? Once you figure it out, 
right? Actually put it on your calendar and make it a thing and protect it and guard it just as if it's, it's just as important as everyone else's thing. Mm -hmm. Because again, the authority we carry over our children and families, Mm -hmm. right? It matters. And Mm -hmm. when we are not spiritually healthy and whole, Mm -hmm. that is what we will give away. And so that time investing in ourselves will come back tenfold for our family. Yeah. You know, and and we've decided it's selfish, but it's the most caring thing we could do for everyone Mm -hmm. around us is Mm -hmm. for us to be filled up and fed and taken care of and Mm -hmm. with joy and peace, you know, because that's what sustains when your kids are not making good decisions. And you're like, I have to coach them through this right now. You know, when we don't have the capacity is when we shift into trying to control a situation Um, so yeah, I think that's really, and then of course, I mean, as a counselor, I will get a counselor that we're really great. So if you find a good one, right there, I go to a counselor, I go to a counselor counselor and I'm, I'm not afraid to say it. And so, um, on a regular basis, I sure do. Um, and I, I, uh, so just in, you know, capturing that, that, it is a gift. You are doing something for your children. If right. you take time to take care of your mental health. Absolutely. And and I love what you just said. You know, you have to find what brings you life, just like mm-hmm. people have to find their own, you know, whatever. I can't eat gluten, but I can eat dairy, whatever. You have right. to find that for you. And of course, right. it's all like, you know, spending time with the Lord. But then beyond that, what you know, what hobbies, you know, fill you up, that kind of thing. And that Mm -hmm. that is a, uh, something that you can do for your family. And I think a lot of women are waiting for somebody to tell them to rest Mm -hmm. and girlfriend, you got to take ownership over that yourself and you cannot blame anybody. I mean, in Mm -hmm. fact, even God has said, take a rest take a Sabbath, mm-hmm. go to bed at night. Right. And so, but it's a gift. And so a gift, God can give it to you, but you have to choose to open it. Mm-hmm. However right. that looks. So, right. um, and then the yeah, other yeah. thing too, that I wanted to point out in our conversation and just draw back to is just the importance of relationship mm-hmm. with your kid. And it's never, it's never too late to start that. Um, no, never, but that, that seems to be the most important thing. Um, and if a kid knows too, and even if they say things that are outside of the box or crazy, or they're acting up, if they experience your love, despite that, that's a place of security for them. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And then, you know, with God, we can get through, we can get through anything. I want to talk about two um, mercy multiplies resources because I I have them. I have quickly before we close because I have them on my shelf and they are amazing and I keep them on my shelf, but you've got several resources that are awesome. One book is called the keys to freedom, which is Mm -hmm. a Bible study that I'll go back to, I really will do it, you know, at least once a year just to sort of Mm -hmm. give myself a refresh. But that is an awesome study and a great way to practice taking care of your mental health. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. I love that study. And not just because I work there. I am. (laughs) So what I haven't mentioned is I'm a preacher's kid. So I'm very skeptical of any, Bible study, any, you know, the Max Lucado book of the month club, you know, kind of thing. Like, I'm just like, Oh, what are we doing? You know? But when, when, when they launch this, it is so good. And it's based on the curriculum that we use in the homes. Um, Mm -hmm. And so we've got all of this, you know, research of how kind of the way that we structure it really works well together. And, And you're right. It's never ending. I've gone through it sometimes twice a year, at least once a year, Um, and really the things that we've talked about, like renewing the mind, you know, forgiveness, like all of the principles that, that, you know, um, that the Lord asks us to partner with him in. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what is it that Paul says? Like, um, you know, uh, put it into practice. It's like, Mm -hmm. think on good things. And we talk about thinking on good things, but he says, but put it into practice. Right. Mm -hmm. So we are actively supposed to do these things and partner and, 
Um, and, and so it teaches all of that. Right. And yeah. then, and then how many times that, of course, choosing to forgive who, who I needed to forgive last year is not the same as this year. And mm-hmm. how does that connect? And also honestly teaching, um, like hearing the voice of God, like, how do you hear his voice? Mm-hmm. Um, I had somebody go through it recently and they were like, I, I see pictures. That's how I hear from the Lord. And I just thought that was something about me. I had no idea. And so it's uh-huh. just really like reframed their life of how uh-huh. the Lord's been speaking to them all this time. And they thought it wasn't. Yeah. And, um, and so like, that was just really incredible. Um, and so, yes, we have that study. We have, um, of course, a podcast that we do uh-huh. um, along with myself and, um, well, they let me, I don't know that they have a choice anymore. I go to <laughs> get on there. Um, myself and our senior director of outreach, um, and various other people. Um, and then, uh, we have our empower workshop, which is really, um, you know, we talk about the church getting healthy and whole, and that mm-hmm. is what we are passionate about. And so just equipping, um, anybody who is working with anyone from just an accountability partner, a friend, all the way up to the pastoral staff, how do we equip the big C church, how to be healthy and whole. And so um, it's a workshop that we do in various places across the country. And we have one coming up uh, in Nashville. Mm-hmm. Um, there's always one in Nashville. And mm-hmm. so, um, but anyway, yeah, I just, I love the work that we, we do there. Um, and then we of course have other books and, and different resources for different um, issues. And we have a resources page on there um, as well. Just like if somebody's looking for scriptures or truth statements or whatever it is that they kind of need to be equipped. And I'm with you too, by the way, I also read graduate testimonies when I need to be yeah. encouraged. Yeah. Um, it's such a beautiful thing. Um, just what mercy does. And it's just an honor to be a part of it, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's truly amazing work um, that you all do. And if you have, uh, a young adult that is struggling, that is a place mm-hmm. where, where you can turn. Um, and when we, I remember when I first learned about mercy, I thought, gosh, I wish that I could like learn what they do. And, mm-hmm. and so now it's great because you've, you have put all this stuff in resources right. where it can be, you know, multiplied as, as you yeah. say, as the logo says. So That's anyway, right. so we'll we'll put the links to that in the description. Um, this has been phenomenal, and uh, I just appreciate you. And if you have um, a child that is walking through mental illness, I would recommend highly subscribing to the Mercy Multiplied podcast. That would be another great source uh, to just receive information. Do you have anything else that you would like to say before we close today? Um, you know, I just think just as a mom and and some, you know, and one of your listeners and and knowing what that is, I think truly just um we all are better when we can take a moment to give ourselves grace and actually hear what the Lord has for us Uh um, in the season and in those hard places. And one of the things he's been teaching me is how to grieve and be grateful at the same time. Uh And I think that if you have found yourself, you know, you've listened to this and you're like, I am done. I don't know what else to do. I think even that small thing we can we can exist in both places. We can be brokenhearted and also be grateful. And I really think that's the thing that keeps us from being crushed in the midst of kind of devastating circumstances. Yeah. And the way that we grieve for our children is unlike anything I think anybody would, you know, could understand beyond what you could understand. And so um, I think if, if that's the place somebody is at, or if you ever find yourself in that place, just even if it's the small things, and I'll tell you my own life, that is is something the Lord taught me this last year that truly kept me from being crushed was mm-hmm. even if it was, I am so broken and I don't know what you're doing and I'm devastated. And I'm also grateful for these other things and not the, but right. Because we can, we don't want to disqualify the sorrow, right? but, but it's, and it's, I am grieving and I am grateful mm-hmm. um, in, mm-hmm. in those places. And so um, that's just that. something that, He's been talking to me about every day for a long time. And it's, Mm. and it's so when he does that, I go, I get, this isn't just for me. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. I love that. I love that because if, you know, we'll, we'll dismiss the other, right? Like I can't, I can't have both. 
And That's so right. then we don't in- embrace both emotions. Um, and when you look at the Bible, there was lots of emotion Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's a powerful thing to do, a good thing to do, good yeah. for our mental health, as we yes. say. Oh gosh, yes, so. absolutely. Yeah, we forget. You mentioned the Bible. We forget lamentations. I was like, they're just lamenting, right? <laughs> the whole time, right? Yes, exactly, <laughs> it exactly. It's a, it's a it's a part of the process. It's part of who we are, you know. And and um, and they can both exist on the same plane. And I think it's just um. And that's a beautiful thing, I think, to teach others, too, because I don't know that that's something we think about very often, you know, and I sure as heck didn't. So, yeah, yeah, 100 percent, 100 percent. Well, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it so much. I loved it. Thank you for having me. And if you would like to find out more, order any of those resources, we've got the links for you in the podcast description I pray this week that you will listen to what is said here and open up the gift of time to pause and process and take care of your mental health so that you can carry it well to give out to those you love. Thanks so much for joining in, everybody. Bye-bye.